0: Minnesota Vikings fans welcome back to the purple people eaters podcast all part of the living in Loserville podcast we are back to discuss some Vikings football my co-host is Aaron I am Chris and uh we're gonna start with uh some joy I mean I guess you could say we got Jefferson at what 21st or something in the draft so is 12 or 14 or whatever. I mean, who knows? You know, we don't even know what our third round pick is right now, actually, from Baltimore, I don't think. Um, Maybe they already got that figured out. I didn't double check. But anyway, we're going to have to start with the Vikings victory. Yes, a Vikings victory. I think my co-host put it perfectly last week how he said, this one is going to be hard to lose. (laughs) It is hard to lose, especially when everybody, I mean, actually both teams are trying to win uh, based on who they started. Um, but you are playing the Lions and, you know, Rogers has, although some games we do get to him Vikings wise under Zimmer, but Rogers overall, the last chunk of years has just put up these crazy numbers. So basically what I'm, I said all that to say the Lions fans, a lot of people love to just, you know, destroy Kirk, except for one fan base, the Lions, because he, puts up these crazy ass numbers against uh the Lions. He just got it's a, like a perfect style for our offense to go against. Um and it's the Lions. I mean, this is one of their I think they actually beat their record by a little bit by worst than their their ofer. I think it was the worst defense since their ofer or maybe by a point or two. But either way, we are going to start the show depending on how you look at it. Um with some good news. I mean, we got to see Jefferson set some records. We got to see a, you know, a victory. Matson had a nice game. Um, the defense didn't get a ton of pressure, but it was better in spots. They still gave up a bunch of big plays, but we are going to talk a little bit about that. No doubt about it. So we'll start the show with that. But then just like last week, um, how we kind of broke down, you know, Heading into 2021, we're not going to talk about free agency. We're not going to talk about the draft. We will have a pre-free agent preview show before free agent kicks in. What is that? Mid-March or something like that. Um, Or is it April? I don't know. And then obviously we'll talk draft too. Um, So we're we're, going to talk about that stuff. But really we want to focus in on a handful of things just like we did. We had a list last week of, of, you know, of, of things to go through heading in to 2021. Um, we are going to start with my co-host Aaron's list with basically who's got to go, who can't be on the roster. And most of them on that list, let's hope that is correct. Um, also, we'll talk about cousins. Some people want to, I mean, most people want to just cut them out, right? Which makes no sense next year, um, just off cap stuff, but they, whether it's a, uh, You know, cut them straight up uh, and sign a free agent and then, you know, like a vet free agent and then draft someone, Um, keep them straight up, keep them in draft or trade for Jimmy G. Or now there's a big uh, hyperbole, I guess, for Wentz because his his contract is a little bit more doable because Philly the first two years just put a bunch of money up. And so it's like 25 million the rest of his, well, not his career, but whatever. So there is that too. And then reef Riley, do we keep him and extend him and take his cap number for next year down, um, to keep the continuity or do we cut him and move O'Neill to left? And then, you know, Cleveland to the right tackle. That'll be something. Obviously we'll talk a little bit about Jefferson and how the last five to eight games need to be like that for target and all that good stuff. So there is a variety of, uh, Names that we'll be talking about. Shamir Stefan makes a lot of money. Johnson. Uh, Mike Hughes. Where the hell you been, Mike Hughes? You had such a good start to your career, it seems. God, that seems so long ago. But we are going to talk it through in just a moment. Obviously, we don't have a game to predict or preview or anything like that. So we'll stay heavy into that list. Um, <laughs> we talked about Kubiak last week, and now we hear Kubiak. Um, is going to retire. So this will be yet another offensive coordinator. There might be a good retiree on that list, though, too, with the kicker. Uh, so we're going to get into all this stuff in just a second here. If this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash ropeadope radio. Um, you know, it streams live at Archives there, but, you know, there's a variety of places to, to listen to this podcast. Um, you don't have to go to rope and, and download the show or even listen to it in the browser there. That can be a pain for some people. You can find this show under the rope radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify, And something that we want you to do is follow the page on Spricker living in Loserville. That'll be some year round stuff. Remember last year we did the classic stuff. We're going to do a Chris Carter show. We're going to do some throwback shows just in general. That'll be highlighted on there. And and we may put some of those other classics on there, too. I was thinking about that. Why not have it easy accessible? That's at Spricker living in Loserville. Just a heads up there. And one more thing, if you thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV. Now it's live streaming cable. Uh, they have a seven day free trial. There's also a seven day, just for signing up a seven day free trial of HBO max. There's no annual contracts to hold you down. The, the, uh, the plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And uh, right now, if you signed up for the Max package, that'll also include HBO Max right there. But, it, and I meant to say also, <laughs> they me, it'll also have give you a free month of showtime, which is normally $11. That's AT&T TV Now. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host Aaron and see how he's doing. Man, you really hit it right on the button with that statement last week of this was going to be a hard game to lose.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish I would have said a difficult game to lose, kind of maybe settle some confusion. But it, I, you could see that it was going to be, uh, and the referees seemed to help out a lot and help and uh, make it even a little bit more muddy. But I, you were right as well with the score. I thought it might be a low-scoring affair, and you said, no, 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 there's going to be points. And you were right. There was a heck of a lot of points there. And not in the beginning of the game, though. Beginning of the game, it, you know, the the rare time we take the ball uh you know Kirk stumbles twice a couple batted balls and uh third and four, 15 we don't make it we punt the football
0: yeah those first couple drives really we had uh, we had a stumble we had cousins missing uh i think it was uh Jefferson we had some sacks we had a um a holding we had we had a special teams fumble couldn't do much with it It took a while to get going. A couple drives there, you're right. It kind of came out, started kind of ugly. And I guess pretty to some that wanted to lose that game. But Detroit said, no, we'll get on the scoreboard first. That uh, good old safety of ours, Harris, uh, who shined the last couple years. All of a sudden the defensive line goes away and he hasn't been as effective. Uh, He got beat on a 43-yard touchdown pass. We've seen these deep balls that... Rarely in the past under Zimmer would be allowed. But, you know, it, it, we've had to deal with a ton of issues with all sorts of stuff. Something that we've been documenting about documented in the whole season. But seven play drive, 90 yards, uh, 6-0, though, because he missed the extra point. I thought, OK, hold on now. We're, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. They missed the extra point. Vikings come out. They answer eight play drive, 70 yards. It went over like four minutes. Um, Mattson, we had a little play action on fourth and two Matson had a little screen pass that he took further and he had a nice little cut, um, to get into the end zone. Like I mentioned earlier, Matson had a sturdy game. He also had a nice, um, 13 yard first down catch. Jefferson had a couple of different catches, 15 and nine yard. Um, one, he tried to go for extra yards, almost got it too. That made it fourth and second, but he did have a little fumble. Luckily Bradbury was there to recover. It's seven to six, and you're thinking, okay, th- this is probably where they're going to start scoring. And sure enough, Detroit comes out, five plays, seventy-five yards, two minutes, two fifteen. It's thirteen to seven. Quintez, um, twenty-yard touchdown, and, and you're thinking, yeah, th- th- this is going to be a track meet now. It's thirteen to seven.
1: Yeah, started trading blows uh it, it kind of picked up like you said into the first quarter and then I said to say well okay this is going to be a lot of points and uh you know got the big run by AP a little flash from the past there on their drive when you said made 13-7 throw the ball a little bit to Conklin to Irv Smith get the tight ends involved and Abdullah breaks a little uh, touchdown to make it 13-14 uh, and then this guy keeps scoring on us and making big catches all year. And even <laughs> last year, he had three on us. Uh, so you know Marvin Jones is going to get his against us for some reason. We can't cover him, couldn't cover him with with, with Waynes and Rhodes, and we still can't cover him with the rookies and, and Chris Jones, of course, although he didn't play, so I guess it was Harrison Hand and Tankersley, the kid we got out of Clemson off a few different waiver wires. Anyways, they go down. Uh, and they kick a 50 yard field goal, which is unfathomable to us. We can't kick 35 yarders, Chris.
0: Right down the pipe to no problems. Uh, yeah, you're right. Jones just, I mean, he's going to get a contract based off playing us. Um, and that, that is a good point. I mean, I think it, they flashes like last six games when we had a defensive line, he still would just go off on us. Um. But you know, we did answer with a drive anyway. <laughs> we answer with a drive uh, lasted 420, bro. Eight plays, four, 41 yards. Um, another good kickoff return, and Abdullah played a good game. Obviously, he's going against his old squad. He wants to show him up. But two back-to-back kickoff returns, and he thought, okay, maybe he'll be our kickoff return. Um, you know, next year. Um, and and Thielen had a couple of catches, De- uh, Mattson had another run, good run, but the drive stalled. It was third and nine. We had a false start third and four took a sack. So you're thinking, okay, it, it's time. It's time. Unfortunately, um, 46 yards is not 54. It's under 50 and, uh, our guy missed it. So we, we came up short. Luckily the defense, uh, you know, six plays in a punt. That's like a three and out for our defense this year. And, two minute uh, drill kicked in (laughs) six plays, 79 yards, 51 seconds. Um, JJ Jefferson had a catch and he got a PI, um, BB had a 40 yard touchdown run and Jefferson had gotten pushed on that play. I didn't notice it at the time, but it makes a lot more sense. He said it in the, in the pressure, the post pressure. Um, and that's why he was out of sorts. Like what's going on. He had gotten pushed out of bounds. All of a sudden he had to just, Kind of move out of his way bb's running down the field touchdown so you're like okay this is a weird ass game but hey we're up 21 to 16 i'll take it
1: that's when i started seeing us falling down the draft board at this point i'm thinking i'm from my side of the coin and people like me who wanted to see us maybe lose this one i started to say we're in the game here uh and uh when bb scored that touchdown going into half i'm just like okay it's looking not very good we're gonna go from Picking what, maybe twelfth, tenth to possibly Yeah, I think 14th. it was twelfth. Twelfth or fourteenth. So we could have been anywhere from fifteenth. So we're gonna have that middle of the road draft pick. And that's all I can think about at halftime, hoping that we find a way somehow to uh make some more mistakes and maybe get a loss out of this one.
0: And you know that that uh that that felt good with the 70 yard kickoff return. <laughs> Special teams, hello, how how you doing? Not good this year. Um in ongoingly. And, of course, who else? I mean, who else is going to get the touchdown? Marvin Jones Jr., um, TD, 23 to 21. My co-host is feeling better. Like, okay, dude, that was nice. They didn't even have to drive much. They got a 70-yard. Okay, no problem. But the Vikes said, nah, dude, we're, we got stats to get, to. We got contracts. to get, We got to get a certain amount of plays. We got to get a rookie record. We got to do some stuff. And uh, six plays, 69 yards, 234. Matson had a two yard touchdown run. Jefferson made a great, I mean, the thirty yard catch and run was phenomenal, but that by the sidelines, he made two sideline catches. That is like, yep. That's why he's a stud. I think one of them was for 15 yards and it's 31 to 23. And you're thinking, well, they, they got something going on right now. They, they got, Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. 28 to 23. I said that wrong. It's 28 to 23. And, uh, and then <laughs> Harrison, got a pick and it was like whoa okay and meanwhile harrison i mean this guy he's uh, actually i got the stat i just lost it right when i when i popped it up over the since 2012 he has 28 career ints the hit la- hitman leads all safeties since he was drafted so he got a couple more this season of course we took it right down um Got it to first and goal at the eight, stumbled, had a sack. I think we took a penalty somewhere in there. We ran the ball, didn't get much out of it. I think that was another Jefferson 15-yard catch, though that was by the sidelines. Anyway, they did get a field goal on this one, which is kind of funky, but it was close, so that, that makes a difference. 31-23, <laughs> but, of course, the game wasn't over then. There.
1: No, and it was good to see by this time Jefferson had the yards he needed uh, to not only break the Vikings uh, yardage record for rookies, but the NFL uh, yardage record for rookies. So that was the two things I wanted to see out of this game. I wanted to see us lose it uh, only for draft positioning, and I wanted to see Jefferson get the record. So we're already at this point. We're now, like you said, 23-31. Let's go ahead and lose this one. Uh, So they give the ball. The Lions go down uh, pretty meticulous drive uh, capped off by Adrian Peterson doing a strong run by the goal line, which is what he does. They tried a two point conversion failed. It's 29 31 at this point. And we bring uh, Mike Boone out of the stables uh, too little, too late at this point. It could have used him a little bit more in the season. I thought, but we didn't. And he gets a nice run. And then the referees decide to step in here with a really strange call. Chris, um, what do you think of that call? You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, the roughing the passer. Um, I've always – this this actually goes back, and it's funny, but it goes back to Barr and Rogers. And I once they installed this rule the next year, because, of course, Rogers got hurt for most of the season, I think the rest of the season, because they don't want you – even though, you you know, you got to control yourself at full speed so many times, Aaron, but they want you to tackle and then don't put any body weight, which is like, are you sure? Because wonder if some of these guys are big, dude. Cam Newton's pretty big. Like, I got to get him to the ground, you know? Like, they really are so afraid now of putting weight. Once he's sacked, don't put extra weight on our quarterbacks, and uh, I've seen a couple that were... Like this, where you're like, dude, he didn't dig his shoulder in. Oh, the shoulder was there. Yeah, but he didn't dig it in. But I think what it is, so it was a bad call, and I'll call all these bad calls. I've seen ones where it's more pertaining to the rule, where it's even, you could clearly see the deep, you know, the a lot of times defensive end or whatever, you know, puts that little umph in it. But it's like, so you can't touch his helmet with your pinky going for the ball. You, you, you can't hit even up high, even if the ball is there, to put your helmet on. Remember the old helmet on the ball? Yeah, that, was, that used to be taught. So now you got to – when you sack someone, you, you, your feet can ne- – they have to be touching at all times. And that's literally what the rule comes down to. It's like I thought it was so much about the shoulder and the extra weight. Well, they're saying, well, if you lose your, leave your feet, then you are putting your – it's like, oh, my god. I mean, I'll take it. Cousins said, Hey, I don't think that's a penalty. Of course, there's three other ones this year. Two of them that were, uh, well, all three of them didn't get called two of them that were, uh, the player got fined I guess, you know, the cousins, but he even admitted, this is a stupid rule. Um, but yeah, this one was bad and it's just, it, it's, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? I can't put extra weight on the guy. Like that's the whole point of putting him in the dirt. Like, it's ridiculous, but you know what? The refs are usually, you know, I hate to say against us or whatever, but they don't go our way. Um, We'll take it. We'll take it. And I I guess that's what cousin said to the guy. I don't believe it, but I'll take that shit. And everybody else would say that too, but that was a bad call. But I'll tell you what, it was worth it because two plays later, maybe three plays later, we got a QB sneak which is funny that that went in no problem. But the other ones where it takes like five, well, I suppose it takes more time. Those couple of yards that the, the guys are already getting beat in the middle middle there. But we did get a soccer dad cousin's gritty. <laughs> and, and it almost looked like a mini high step. So like a, a Deion Sanders low step. It actually looked more like he was halfway high stepping. But that was his version of the gritty. I've seen worse. Obviously, we have several better on the squad. But we did get the soccer dad, um, you know, gritty, and that was that was pretty damn funny.
1: It was. It was just a step above embarrassing. I think if he would have been doing it by himself and no one was around him, it probably would have maybe bordered a a little bit more on embarrassing. But. Yeah, that camaraderie uh, right. of everyone, yeah. <laughs> right, but yeah, you're right. It, it's got to be, you know, him and Phelan. Phelan picked it up a little bit. Uh, his first attempt was horrible. His second attempt was pretty decent. This is Kirk's first attempt. I wonder how long he'd been working on that, maybe, you know, doing it around the house for four or five weeks before you, <laughs> you unveil it. it. But, but, yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was good to see, I guess, to see some energy there. But then again, now we're, we're winning this game, Chris, and I just – it wasn't right for me. It just didn't seem like the the time to win. And the whole call with the ref, like you said, that you can't hit the quarterbacks low, you can't hit them high. So there's a strike zone for hitting quarterbacks, and you can't hit them hard. But you can't so hit with your all, helmet.
0: Nothing you touch with your helmet. We'll take the helmets off then.
1: You can't fall on them. You can't do, can't, anything, can't so. do
0: anything. Can't tie their shoe.
1: I mean, they might as well just make it like two-hand touch for a sack. But then again, that would make sacking them too easy. So they got to figure out what to do with that rule. I, like you said, yeah, you will take the call. But at the same time, if that went against us, I think I'd lose my fucking mind. So um glad it went our way, but you just don't really know what to do. I, I'm really – at some point, you've got to let these guys play. And, and they're just la- letting that happen. Anyways – uh, you know, we come out on defense after that. We're up, what, 37 29 at this point. Um, pretty much, I don't remember how much time was on the clock here. I think maybe five or six minutes. Um, Swift gets a touchdown. Uh, they've missed another two point conversion, which was pretty pivotal, would have tied the game. They miss it and, uh, basically call it a game at that point.
0: Yeah. And they reversed the call. It was about a little over 10 minutes left because they had a six minute drive, 14 plays. And, uh, they had that reverse touchdown that the, that goes back to a couple of years ago with the ball. Well, the ball can touch the ground. See, we still don't know what a fucking catch is in the NFL. It's yep. just stupid. But the ball, if it touches, it can't move. Well, it, he didn't lose control, but it moved, but it didn't, but it did. You know, this is stupid stuff. A lot of these we'd have to take Carter's rice, all these numbers away like a hundred catches away from them probably because some of these wouldn't be catches. Right. You know? And so it's really silly, yeah, yeah. but they ended up getting in anyway, like you said,
1: 37, well, Also 35. Chris. Yeah. Just to add, like they called it a touchdown on the field or a two point conversion on the field. Now the rule is you have to have definitive evidence to overturn it. And from what I saw on the six or seven replays, they did. I didn't see anything definitive about it, especially not right. enough to overturn the call. And that was my problem with it. if you want to call it a catch, call it a catch. You don't want to, You want to call it a non-catch, call it a non-catch. But what you called on the field, I didn't think you had grounds to reverse that call.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Um, and there's four twenty six left. And you're thinking, can we just there's only been one game. and It's hard to I know it's hard to burn five minutes off a game and just shut it down. We almost did it against Seattle. That would have been a win. By the way, any of these games that we break down, like, well, there's about four or five and we could point to that we win one of those games. We're in the playoffs, by the way, which is pretty stunning, actually. Um, and you could say that uh, two years ago, too. If if what's Toast doesn't miss Carlson doesn't miss uh, one of those field goals in overtime, we're in the playoffs there, too. That's the old system, even with seven this year. Well, I guess that's going to be the new system going on. But they ended up having a 10-play, uh, 62-yard um, drive, 426. Ham had a 30-yard run or a screen pass, I think. Uh, two more catches by Jefferson. He, I mean, everybody was freaking out on Twitter. Throw it, throw it, throw it. It's like, dude, calm down, man. They're, they're covering him, dude. Like, they're covering him. Calm down. There's two guys on him. He's going to get his. And sure enough, he went off. Um, but they ended up grinding out it. The uh, we didn't get another gritty or anything like that, but um, they ended up grinding it out and ending the game, um, which there's about two games. We wish we could have done that um, where you just take a knee that that's the best formation in football. Right. Um, Where you just just sit down on the thing and uh, the game was over. And uh, of course, you know, when you do not care if they lose, that's the games that they're going to win of course that's how that goes and uh but yeah i mean it was you know happy not happy whatever um matson it was nice to see him running even though you know we were playing a a a bad defense cousins obviously cuz you know he's the lions killer he destroyed them even with a, a lot of pressure jefferson nine catches buck 33 like you said he went off he ended up with 14 i mean 1,400 freaking yards, dude, for a rookie. And I mean, he's right up there with, I mean, he's got the most targets in the last five years for any rookie, but uh, when it really, I mean, we might as well start on one of our, our points there. Hmm. What we saw in the last eight games, as far as giving him the ball um, that has to be, you said this a couple of weeks ago, the last eight games, 81 targets. um, That's right up there with all of them. Uh, as far as the best, you know, and I know, you know, I think it was, was it 1500 or K fan said it's not an aesthetically pleasing offense. So I guess we're just going to take away Brady's first couple championships where they just ran the ball, and played great defense and, and came through in the clutch from time to time. Guess we'll just take those away. Guess we'll take away all four of the Spurs championships because that wasn't aesthetically pleasing in the NBA. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, Jefferson, um, it's really the first time in a while that we've had a guy that forces them to not be eight in the box. I mean, ever since 2009, that year, when far, 2010 was different, obviously, because he was banged up and we weren't the same team and all that, whatever, we, you know, it happens. But, you know, from there, from there on, we have not had one player or offense or whatever you want to say that pushes eight out of the box. Because remember, we've been doing AP for so long. Of course, they're going to put eight in the box. And then they put eight in the box for Cook. The last chunk of games, Aaron, this is the first time where they said, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to back up. We'll we'll let Cook get buck 35. We're not going to let JJ go off.
1: Yeah, that's what we did start to see. And you did mention a little bit about the uh – non-aesthetically pleasing offense and you make some great points about the Patriots as well. And, it, you know, you go through time and memoriam here, football history, and, you know, it goes back even before us. And we've mentioned this a few times on the show, but you can't really reinvent the wheel in this game. It's been figured out and I'm getting annoyed by these people that want to go look, if you got a Patrick Mahomes, you can throw the ball as much as they do. If you got somebody Uh, who's in the top two quarterbacks, maybe Rodgers. You feel comfortable and safe throwing the ball that much. But other than that, if you don't have that, you run the ball if you can, and you play good defense. That's always been successful. It will be successful, I dare say, 100 years from now. It's been successful for the last 100 years. So you can try and try, but these little fads of throwing the ball and these fancy offenses, they come and go. What never comes and goes is defense and running the ball. So I'm sick of hearing, I think I heard on 1,500, you know, Jud Zolgad goes off about how we're not this imaginative offense. Look, you do you do what works, and you, you fit the offense to what you have for players. And we've got a line that runs, that's better at running the ball than it is at pass protection. In fact, in the Zimmer era, now this counts in for a bunch of offensive coordinators that I don't even want to get into, but it's a fantastic stat, that... Pro football focus, take it or leave it for what you think it is or isn't. But these are the, our rankings at season's end for the last six seasons. Uh, uh, 2020, we were 28th in pass protection. 2019, we're 27th in pass protection. Uh, 18, we're 27th. 17, we're 17th, which is the highest that we ever got to. And that was with Case Keenum who could and move it a little it was
0: still bit. just pretty good. It wasn't like it was phenomenal.
1: That's no, not even top 15. Right. And then 16 were 30, 15 were 28, 14 were 23. So we haven't even cracked the top half of the league in pass protection. And everybody wants to throw the ball. It just doesn't make any sense. And I got to say, it's probably not going to change under Zimmer. Let's say we get two stud who are next Hall of Fame guards and you plug them in, we can start to talk about seven-step drops, like we said last week, and five-step drops, and so on and so forth. But as far as this line being what it is and exactly what it's schemed to be in a zone running scheme, you're not going to get that kind of time. So you got to change your quarterback and make a little bit mobile to go with the offensive line, or you've got to deal with running the football. with. By the way, which isn't a terrible option, seeing how you have one of the top two backs in the league.
0: Yeah, and by the way, you know, with that bad coordinator, or not coordinator, sorry, bad uh offensive of line, you know, we were six in yards this year. <laughs> you know, we put up last week we talked about how they needed twenty four points to become the third most scoring um offense in the history of the Vikings. Um so they're third. Two thousand nine second. Obviously we know who you know, ninety-eight is first by a, a, a long shot, but even to kind of go further um to your point if you look at the percentage of all offensive plays, right, that were pass plays. And this is called this is for the NFL ranking for Super Bowl winners in the last, you know, there's I'm going to name like 7 of them. But this is basically where they took their place in how many percentage, you know, how many times they throw the ball basically. Um, and it says, you know, like a planned pass. So last year obviously, even with like what who could be I mean Injury-free, not injury-free, but just not a bunch of injuries. He might be the best all-time, Mahomes. They still were 10th in percentage of passing with that stud. How many did he get, 50 last year? Um, 2018. These are Super Bowl winners, guys. 26th in the league percentage of when they throw. Philly, 24th. New England, they won it again then. 2016, 27th. Denver was that in-between, plus they had a lot of of wide receiver talent and they had a dance, like one of the better defenses of all time. They were 16th new England, 2014, another championship. Get sick of seeing that 16th Seattle with what? The third best uh, Wilson quarterback in the league 32nd in the league, Aaron in passes percentage wise, they just made them count. And I think that people kind of forget, you can't just look at total yards for passing. And be like, yep, see, look, we're bad. Well, if someone has 110 more attempts than you, yeah. I mean, give Kirk three more games worth. You think he's going to have more touchdowns? You think uh, Jefferson wouldn't have more yards? Uh, of course they would. So anyway, this whole aesthetic thing, like, and, and then you bring in innovative guys like Nagy. Well, look where he's at. He's fired now. Now, all of a sudden, nobody thinks he's, you know, they lose a couple offensive linemen. Now, all of a sudden, nobody thinks he's a that good of a coach but yeah 430 was the point total we got we also were third highest in giving up points 475 so 84 we gave up 484 2013 when it all kind of fell apart defensively 480 and then 475 but just so you know bang for your buck we're up there in past stats I I don't know if you know this and you can say whatever you want and, and, you know, we're not going to make this whole show about Cousins, but we are going to talk about a little bit, what should we do with them heading into, you know, this next year. But he did have the second most thrown touchdowns ever for a Viking quarterback. So it's not like we're not doing anything. Um, Culpepper has the record, by the way, 39. Now Cousins has 35. Cunningham had 34. Um, but in, in I know garbage time. He had five, you know, with that Saints game, he had five garbage, garbage, like what you call garbage, five touchdowns through the air on garbage. They, they keep track of that, by the way. So just calm down, everybody calm down. Um, and I don't mean to be like PA because, you know, obviously, Paul Allen, great voice, good at what he does. Love him at the track. You know, he does what he does. But he's a homer that everybody in that job usually is a homer. Um, but he actually commented on too. He said he heard this on kfan uh that about Kubiak and how you know he somebody has got to sit down and show him how to run certain plays. <laughs> Kubiak, a guy who you know coach and player has been involved with seven Super Bowls, you know, he has a bunch of he, he had a damn running back that had nineteen hundred yards of scrimmage. We set the rookie record like. We we got the second most touchdowns ever in our damn. We haven't had a ton of great quarterbacks, of course. And if some of the great ones like Warren Moon, they were only here for a little bit or Cunningham or whatever. But it's like, dude, do you realize what you're talking about, though? Because we bang for your buck. We do air it out. And we already went over the air yards because that's what I do like about the modern day analytics. They do kind of usually stats are like what you see. Let's see what the stats say. Do they line up? A lot of times that's like, okay, yeah, I am seeing it correct. But when people say dink and dump, the thing is, if we dinked and dump and had a 13-play drive, they'd be saying, oh, dink and dump, Cook did all the work. Well, Cook's the, one of the best players in the league, let alone a running back. Um, he's our best player that we have on our team, maybe Hunter and him, So, and maybe Jefferson now too. But this whole thing of, well, we want to throw it down the field more. Percentage-wise, we're, we're in the top five with cousins we just are he's got a great deep ball like i still understand so do you want to dink and dump do you want to move the ball do you want to look pretty what is it we're, we're in it how many ways are you going to move the tight ends we don't run three and four uh wide receiver you know uh formations much so that's just ridiculous dude and I'm, i don't normally read pa tweets but uh <laughs> That was, I was like, hey, you're right there. Like, who's going to sit down and tell Kubiak what? What are we going to tell him?
1: Yeah, I mean, what could you tell him? The funny thing about this year is it's all, if we had lost this game in Detroit, Chris, <clears throat> excuse me, there's funny stats. Uh, the win against Detroit actually made Kirk Cousins 51-51-2, and, and we're going to get into that a little bit when we talk about Cousins. Um, but the the most amazing stat I th- thought, if we would have finished 8-8 eight and eight, and it's a little bit off because we finished 9 and or seven and nine, but um, we gave up exactly as many yards. Everybody says the defense is so terrible as we gained on offense. So we had the third best offense in the league. Like you said, we gave up 6,252 yards on defense. That's what we gained on offense for the season. So I thought everything kind of balanced out to an eight and eight year here. We just managed to uh, win a game uh, that we should have uh, probably lost to make everything even. But I thought that was an amazing stat that we actually to the number, yeah uh we gave up as many yards as we got this season and that just leads to eight and eight now our quarterbacks eight and eight everything's at the middle of the road here and if you want to win a super bowl which is what i'm into now i'm I'm done with the 10 and sixes and the losing in the wild card round i'm done with all that stuff i want to win a super bowl and what those stats are telling me is that we're exactly middle of the road here and uh, although it was a, a weird season and a depleted defense uh Next year's going to have to have some changes.
0: Well, and, it, and it's not so much a bunch. It is changes, but it's also experience, what we got back. Like we were, we could point to, like I said earlier, we could point to like four to five games that if we just win that game, we're in the playoffs with this, the third worst defense we've ever had. You know, two years ago when we were, what, we were eight, seven, and one or whatever, that's basically eight and eight. But had we had just kicked a field goal, we had two of them in overtime, we would have been in the playoffs. Like you're right about the whole, you know, wanting to win a Super Bowl, but let's get into cousins a little bit because um there's a variety of ways to look at this. Um and we'll get into you know, team record and quarterback record, because I have a stat that kind of blows people away. They go, Huh, maybe I'll look at that different and it's not trying to prove anybody's better or whatever. But when it comes to um, Cousins anyway, heading into next year, like we're saying, we got a couple of these uh, – we got a few of these, uh, um, you know, these, these type of questions. And, and we did say we're, – we're at Cousins, so I did want to start with your list. But why don't we take care of Cousins, then we'll go right to your list. Does that sound good? Sure. I, I forgot about that.
1: Um, well, you know what? Whatever you want to do. It? What, well, well, here's my – I've swung, obviously, if you listen to the show, and I'm sure you have if you're you're listening today, I've swung back and forth a little bit on Cousins since we got him. This year I swung back and forth a little bit. I've never been a big Cousins guy, but I cannot deny the fact that he just played the the eight best games in Viking history uh, the last eight games of the season. Now, I don't think Kirk sucks, so quit writing that on Facebook. He doesn't suck. He's not a – crappy quarterback he's a good quarterback being asked to do some things that maybe he's not great at and obviously everybody brings up all the excuses and the rolodex the offensive line the defense everything making excuses for this guy Uh, i know that stats aren't everything and i don't hang my hat on stats much people tell me this guy's a better player than this guy i don't immediately go to stats i gotta go to impact what i see on the field that's where i am with kirk kirk's always going to put up good to very good stats that's something that he does i'm more focused on the intangibles that he brings in leadership as far as handling game situations his overall demeanor and so forth that's the part i have a problem with uh and and not always and i think the last eight games of the season there i think there's been a change in kirk's total mindset i don't want to say it yet until we see what happens next year but i started to see a little bit of the things he was that I wanted to see.
0: three during that time, by the way, eight games, 24 touchdowns, three, three uh, picks and none of them are his fault.
1: Right now we can talk about the eight games prior to that where it wasn't good at all. But I think you, you know, you judge a guy by his last game and I think it's trending upward if we can do the things that we have to do now and saying that I know that you are a little bit more bullish on Kirk, although you're not completely fanboy on Kirk. Because I think you have some reservations as well, but you're much more uh, able to see uh, maybe some mix the numbers in a little bit more than I am. The numbers are unquestionable with Kirk. But my question is here, Chris, and that kind of always is, is Kirk the kind of quarterback that can, in high-pressure situations such as NFC Championship game, down by seven, you know, tough situations, does he have it in him to go win the game? We saw what happened with the Saints, that's a feather in his cap. Uh last season in the in the what is it? Was that a wild card game, I think? Um,
0: yeah, it was the biggest uh road win we've had since 87 in the playoffs. When we beat those Niners. Oh, that Chris Carter day.
1: Oh. Sure, so that's a, that's a feather in his cap. But can he consistently do that? I have questions about that. Uh he is up and down, as you can tell by this season, half terrible, half great. Um, it was trending though. If you can play well in December and move on to the playoffs, it does give me encouragement. But so I'm still on the fence with him, but I'm leaning a little bit more to at least one more season with him. I, I, we'll talk about that too. But well, I as far as we were gonna talk more
0: about that. I didn't think this was to break it down. I thought we were going to decide to keep Cousins, keep in draft trade, cut and sign, of, that type of thing too. I'll give my thoughts on Cousins in a little bit, but let's break that down. I want to hear your answer here. Should we keep them? Because remember, this year, this next year is a hard cap hit if we just straight up cut them. But the year after, we get $30 million, only 10 against the cap, which is really good. That give us $30 million of free agency. So do we keep them and draft a young guy, straight up cut them and just sign a vet for one year. So you don't got to mess around with that and then draft a youngster, even maybe move up. Cause we are 14. We could, you know, presumably move up or this big thing that people have been talking about. Well, we've been talking about the Jimmy G for a while trading Jimmy G because we know San Francisco likes them and Jimmy G would be a little bit more uh, mobile or whatever, um, or trade them for Wentz. That's become a huge story. The problem is how does that make sense for them? Well, it does in a couple of years because they'll have 30 million open then to give. If they like Hertz, then they're going to need some money for Hertz down the line too. Well, what do you think going into next year and the year after? Well, what do you think the best way to look at this out of the uh, out of the three options basically?
1: I'm going to take a, a really practical approach to it because I think that's the only really way to look at it. Uh, you're going to be stuck with them for at least another year. Um, unless you can get someone like San Francisco or the Eagles or somebody to trade for him, um, which I think is, is not very likely, more likely for San Francisco than anywhere else. But um, So I say, yeah, you got to keep him, but you have to get somebody under him with potential, whether that's draft or you pick somebody, a free agency. But Mannion's not the guy uh, as a backup quarterback just because his ceiling has already been reached. There's no up for him. Um, and we did sign the two young quarterbacks, Jake Browning and Nate Stanley, to futures deals. So that makes it a, me a little weary about whether we're going to draft a guy or not. But I think obviously the best case scenario here is you keep him and you draft somebody. That's the best case scenario that's logical. Uh, also, the trade to San Francisco would also be logical. Other than that, I don't see a lot of options.
0: Yeah, I, I think cutting them would just be ignorant. makes no sense. Because remember, we didn't we talked about this last year week two we didn't well, actually i guess that was last year right <laughs> um but we didn't we didn't trade anything for him so we didn't lose anything for him we didn't get you know what i mean so it wasn't like oh we got to get our thing back we could just literally have him start next year draft a quarterback or maybe even bring a vet in whatever but more vets too expensive so because they're like you know even philip rivers would make 20 million dollars so because quarterbacks an expensive uh, you know uh, position obviously the most expensive by a long shot. It's not even close. Um, But if you want to draft someone, draft them this year, that way you can get a year and even two if you want, because then his contract's up. But if you feel good after a year, he's done well in the scout team or whatever, you know, he's taking reps. He's looking good. Okay. Maybe, maybe two years though. Roger's got three years. The guy under him is going to get at least three years unless they trade him. But either way, let's say, we do go far next year with Cousins. Let's say we upgrade guard, and then we go further than we thought we would, or whatever. Well, then you can keep the guy around, and you're not getting destroyed because then you can do that weird thing where you move money around and drop the cap again, and extend Cousins for a year or two, or just year because he's got two years on his deal, and then you can still make room for the young guy who, if he's a stud, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay him at some point. So you have money there. Um, yeah, I think you have to, the Wentz thing. I don't know. I mean, I the whole quarterback, well, he has a, he has a worse offensive line than us and you could see it in the sacks. Now running quarterbacks usually take sacks more in a sense because they're trying to get to the line of scrimmage and they'll get tackled right before it. So it, it it's a, it's a, it's a sack because it's behind the line of scrimmage. So you can play that into it. I think you can see that with a, a couple other running quarterbacks. But, you know, he's had ACL. What, what exactly? He's had a great year statistically um, that he couldn't finish, that he was up for an MVP, but he couldn't finish. And then ever since then, he's played pretty mediocre, um, even if we look at stats, right? So I'm not sure. The only good thing about him is because Philly, even though the extension hasn't kicked in, Um, they did pay a big chunk in the first two years. So Wentz is 25 million for the next like four years. So I can understand that somewhat, I'm not sure they probably want to play hurt right now. So why would they want to do hurts? Like, why would they want to bring in competition? Just getting rid of the competition, but they, I could see them just trading to somebody else, um, rather than bringing in a quarterback because that would, that would get some of that money out per year. That they can give to Hertz if they end up liking him, which he's had a good start. So, um, but as far as Cousins goes, you know the the record thing, it's so wishy washy. We saw with Nate, Joe Namath was 0 for 6 on Monday night. Here's a funny stat that kind of blows people away, and I and I've seen this a couple times. The first 49 career games starts, I should say, not games starts. So that helps Rodgers because remember he sat for three years. The first 49 career games of Trubisky and Rodgers. And no one, would, no one would think that Rodgers is uh, equal with Trubisky, right? No one. Okay, so through his first, first 49 career starts, they have the same record, 29 and 20. Well, remember, it took two years to get to the playoffs for Green Bay. I remember because I worked in a damn Packer bar. But their defense was garbage. They didn't have a running game. They were just kind of off of what they had just came from. They got it together in a couple of years, yada yada yada. But he was at 65%, 63.6. But game-winning drives through the first 49 career games, seven for uh, Trubisky. Now that doesn't mean that I'm thinking he's better, but that 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 you know those Monday night games. You can say it's an excuse. You could say it's reasons, but when you give up 28. 28 a game on average, you're not going to win many of those games. You're just not. And my thing about cousins is, and by the way, since 2015, he has a six month wins. If you want to go down that path, but that's a silly path to go down to for the reason I'm speaking of of course. And also because there's been two young quarterbacks that have come in and been studs and we think they're, he's better than them. him. So my thing is with cousins, it's like it's cousins in the field. Like right now, we're talking about Mahomes a bunch. If besides like a, a Kansas City, um, you know, fanboy, like if I told you every year, and this is what it's like, I, I think he has excellent stats and he's a very good quarterback. That's the way I'd say. It. I think he's a very good quarterback with excellent stats. But what he's done here without a line imagine if we could just get it to 15 if we could improve the defense if we put that 2017 number one rated defense second in carries with cousins there with fusco and uh what the hell was his name berger you put them at guard that's a different story oh not maybe it is a different story offensively but it can't be cousins against the field when did we i mean you can case keenum people still say he's better even though he's you know, on a third team, Teddy, T Jack, Ponder, Ferrat, These guys did not get this intense scrutiny. And back to what I was going to say about the field. Like, so it's either Super Bowl or bust. But since we've been around and, and alive and being a football fan, we've never even seen the Super Bowl. We've gotten there close, but we've never been in the Super Bowl. And the second we get to Super Bowl, you know, we'd probably say, well, Cook is a more valuable player. So even if he got to the Super Bowl, you'd, people would still find a way to shit on him. But if I told you for the next 10 years, every year someone said, I'll take Kansas City, Chris, you can have the field. Well, I'm going to take the fucking field every single year until the day that I die. I just don't understand why it's cousins against the field. None of these other guys – got this type of pressure. Teddy was the closest one. And a lot of that had to do with race as far as criticism. And I just don't with the dink and dump. Okay. Is he? Cause air yards tell a different story. He's not, he's got one of the de- best deep balls in the game. You give him just a little bit more. Why are we like the sixth or seventh worst uh, sack team? When we throw the ball, like the 27th in the league that lines up to the fucking lines, not that good. So if he can put up all these numbers, and wins some of these games, by the way. He, he has three comeback wins this year. And, oh, then it's garbage. Then it's garbage. Oh, it's gar- everything's garbage. He had five this year. Everybody gets garbage uh, touchdowns. That's fantasy football, right? But he's he's, he's, a, he's a dink and dunk. He's garbage. You can't do this. You can't do that. Then he starts doing some of the stuff you ask him for. He ran more this year. We, we, we can't, you know. So he's done some of the stuff that you want. But you still, and I'm not saying you. I'm talking about the, the people that no matter what, I just don't, the whole cousins against the field thing. And, and then my funniest thing is the money. You know that he was the, the 14th paid quarterback this year. If you don't think he lived up to 14, you're out of your fucking mind and just biased and not any of that, but who he, he made 21 mil on the cap. That's the only thing that we give a shit about is the cap number. Cause that's what you got to stay under who gives a shit about Ziggy money. Ziggy obviously is one of those guys Will throw out money. That's the whole point. He wants to win. He's not worried about the dead money. But to sit there and people keep bringing up forty million. It's like forty million. Yeah, if we cut him next year, sure, we'd owe him thirty mil. Yeah, you're right. But he lived up to his contract. So therefore, those roster bonuses mean you're old and you're not good anymore. So we're taking that away. That's all you get. We're taking the cap. That's what those things are set up for. So. The money, the this, the that, I don't know. You know what it's stuck on? It's stuck on 13-3 and three and Case. 13-3 and in and the next year. That's all it was. And your people are stuck on that. If you can't say he's a pretty damn good quarterback, you're lost. And if you think Case Keenum's better, why is he on his third team? And people, well, there was no difference. We still had a good defense. We lost Fusco and Berger in the middle. And we went through the guard list. We went through the guard list, dude. It's like 16 guards we've tried. So this whole thing of, I just never seen a guy so criticized for shit that he had nothing to do with. And even if you want to go to the first six games, he had two bad games. When you say it was all bad, he had the game two and game six. If you look at game three, game four and blame it all on him, I don't know what to say. We've had debates about that, but this is a Facebook, Twitter rant that I'm going to, I didn't think we were actually going to break down it like that, but we might as well, since you uh, did your thing. It's like, why not fit this in? That works. Um, but it, it's ridiculous. I've never seen like that except for Teddy, because some of it was just race based where you're like, nope, it was Teddy. Nope, it's Teddy. Nope. It's like, come on, dude. What do you mean that was Teddy? You know, I just I just don't know why he gets so much criticism. People act like they got they owe him rent or something. It's like, you're not paying this, you
1: know? And you got to look throughout Viking history, at least since you and I have been kicking. You know, you had Warren Moon, who was a damn good quarterback in the later years of his uh, career. You had a little shot with Dante. You had Randall Cunningham coming off of uh, being a tile guy and having a great (laughs) season with uh, three of the greatest (laughs) receivers of all time. And then then it's Cousins, a long drought, and then it's Cousins. So that puts him in the top four of my lifetime, and you can place him wherever you want in that top four. Now, like I said, I have my problems with him. You've laid out a lot of great points on positivities for Kirk. You know, as far as my negativity, it's so hard to explain. I thought I did a decent job of it, but it, to me it's all intangible stuff, and I, it seems that's getting cleaned up. I don't want I want to knock on wood there, but it just seems like, you know, he's three seasons in now. And if you want to complain a little bit of, about uh, Viking history here, let's let's put this in perspective. Uh, we've had for the last three seasons the same quarterback coming back for the next season, which is a rarity here. Because right. we go through quarterbacks almost like we go through guards. Now, you could say you could draft a kid, but there's no 100% sure thing that he's going to be better than Kirk. Kirk's a functional NFL quarterback. Now it's time to build things arm. around them. With a great arm. With a great arm. Great arm and he does activity. have ball control issues. He does. He
0: does have issues. No one's putting him in the top four or five, six. You know what I mean?
1: And you know the criticism on Teddy was always he can't throw the long ball. He, Teddy still can't throw the long ball. Right. So we would have been stuck in that for what the last eight seasons or whatever long it would have been with Teddy's tenure here. And that had was his money hurt.
0: too. We already. That's why we had so much money. Because we said, we know what, we need to settle in on a quarterback and Teddy's our guy. And we were going to give him that money.
1: So to wrap this up, I think the best way to go, and I don't know if you agree, Chris, but it'll get you back on point here. Uh, I say you draft a kid with potential and it got, for God's sakes, if you're going to draft a quarterback this off season, which I think you should, I think it's the best plan to do. You got the 14th pick, use it on a quarterback. Grab the best potential you think you see. You bring some guy in the sixth, seventh round, says he has potential, means nothing to me. Get a kid that's worthy of the 14th pick. There's probably going to be Mac Jones. You're probably looking at someone like Kyle Trask. If you think those guys have it at 14, take them. Take them and we've got 27 draft picks. Move around and get the other guys you need. But I don't want to see. Oh well, we've addressed the quarterback issue with a seventh round pick of somebody I've never heard of out of Appalachian State. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. They we got did a it with nice
0: They got a good system down there, though, in Appalachian State. Though, hold on, bro. hold on.
1: Nothing against Appalachian State, but <laughs> yeah. draft a kid with potential, and you got to take yeah. swings at this thing. You can't yeah, just sure. we draft. We, Every year you should draft a quarterback. And, again, we're way off point here. but It's a go commodity ahead. anyway,
0: right? I mean, they did it with Brady. They kept getting picks from him. Two years go by, you still like Cousins? Okay, then get rid of the quarterback. No problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just take your shots until you get the guy that you want. And and Mannion's not the guy. Uh, from what we've seen, Browning's not the guy. And from what we've seen, Stanley's not the guy. Now, of course, we haven't seen much of them in real NFL regular season action. But if they're sitting on your practice squad for three seasons, I'm going to bet that they're probably not the guy. I don't think you're going to stash a talent like that. But, you know, maybe with Spielman and stuff, maybe they're trying to raise him. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say maybe this, maybe that. Get a kid with potential. End of story.
0: All right. Let's close on because we have some other points, but it's going to go too long. That's okay, though. We had a good discussion. Let's close on your list. These players, most of them anyway, As much as we can on the list, (laughs) Hmm. of course, some of them already. Well, we can't really say they're back because if you sign those little contracts, you can be cut pretty easy with Nate Stanley and Browning and whatnot. But let's go through your list, sir, of. Yeah. Hey, have a good run, man. Sorry,
1: not sorry. Okay, I'll just run through them all quick, and then you can rebut or say what you got to say. I'll put a sentence on each of them. So, Shamar Stefan, gone. He's been on our dra- our depth chart for too long. We've seen him play regular season time. Uh, if you can draft guys or get guys in that can replace a three technique, you're better off doing that. Same with Jaleel Johnson. He had plenty of time to see him. You've got enough tape on him. You don't really need to need him around. Anthony Harris, that's a tough one because of the money he makes. But now with the way he's been playing, you know, not surrounded by all pros. Uh, which he won't be next year no matter what. Uh, I think you got to let him go, particularly at the price. Um, Hardy Nickerson, that's a guy. That's a throwaway guy, so not going to worry about that. Chris Jones, obviously you don't want him around. Uh, Davis, I think that's what I got done. We'll just go to Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes is a tough one as well because you spent a first-round pick on him, but he can't stay healthy. If you can't stay healthy, you're no good to us. Uh, Bailey, probably going to retire. Rudolph, a money situation. If he takes less money and takes less snaps, we talked about that last week. Fine, having him back, but if not, gotta go reef. Like same thing I feel about that, but this time as depth because you gotta, you know, cycle that depth chart and get the guys in the young kids that need the playing time. So if he's willing to take a, a deal to stay here, which I don't think he will, so he's gonna be gone. Dozier gone. Replace him. Draft a guard. The left guard. Or, yep.
0: Left guard. Or, we haven't been saying his name. Everybody's just left guard.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Dakota Dozier. Uh, He's not cutting it. Maybe a depth guy, but possibly just gone. Um, Rashad Hill, again, been on this depth chart for three or four years as a swing tackle. I'd say you replace that swing tackle. Get rid of him. Chris Boyd, special teams guy. You want to keep him around for that, but to play significant minutes at corner, no. Uh, Mannion, like I said, bring kid in with potential. Mannion's already hit his ceiling. You know what you have. Use that money somewhere else. And obviously Drew Samia, unless... You could tell me he had some kind of weird injury that you didn't tell us about. Uh, obviously, I don't want to see him next year either.
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, if Rudolph really cuts his thing, I'm with you there. Um, I don't know. I'd rather, because Steven's making like $5 million, I think we get three and a half if we cut him. Um, I don't know about cutting them both. That's a little wary of. I'd probably keep Johnson and get rid of St- uh, Stephen. I'm right with you with Anthony Harris. We tried to work out a freaking more than serviceable deal and he didn't want to do it and he got franchised which was silly that that's actually the cap money that we we had 10 million dollars that we freed up from 31 to 21 from the cap money from cousins we should have spent that someplace else unfortunately we did not but it's not like we signed him to a long-term contract either way so he's done um otherwise yeah i'm i'm yeah I'm i'm right there with you i mean I'm not sure if Rudolph is going to come back or he'll just take a clean cut. But, man, like blocking wise, like the the two guys that we got blocking and pass catching now, because Conklin's all of a sudden like, hey, what are you what are you doing? Catching passes. I think we're ready to move on. I'm yeah. And of course, the left guard left and right guard. See you later. It's been nice knowing you. But, yeah, I think the only thing I disagree is I would keep Jaleel Johnson, if anything, for depth. But I I love your point about, you know, depth, just knowing he's not going to be a starter Um, with, you know, Dakota Dozier. Okay, if we know he's not, you know, if he has some legit competition, cool. But how it worked out this year, we had what, four guards and, you know, or no, probably five guards that got in and played. So we thought, okay, we'll throw four veterans at it in a rookie. Well, it didn't really get as far. The rookie's a tackle who play pretty good, probably the best out of all of them, right? But still, we don't know if his body type's going to line up with that type of thing and, and all that. So I'm with you there. Um, any last words before we shut this down? We have we'll, – we'll save it for free agency because that Reef Riley, what to do exactly with them. Um, one will probably know more about them. And, you know, sometimes you do see, you know, maybe a guard that we think is going to be a free agent is going to get extended – late in the year or something like that so that'll give us a little bit more to talk about when it comes to bad. but anything uh before we get out here sir uh
1: no uh check us out on spricker like you said and maybe we'll move those uh classic shows over there uh follow us so you know when things are coming out follow us on instagram also at living in loserville and uh you will circle back to reef like you said in free agency that's a tough one for me because it you know, do you believe in the tackles you have now or anybody you bring in? Is Reef, like you said, Reef against the field, I guess, is a good way to put it. But, no, that's it. Uh just thank everybody for listening. It's been a cool season, sort of.
0: <laughs> so we will be back um, very soon, uh, next week. But we will transition. If you guys have been listening, we know it's a football. It's football, football, football. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. With a Little Gophers in the back And now we are, when we say living in Loserville, we talk about that on Spricker, follow that. Living in Loserville, we go into that. That is our basketball pod where we cover the Gophers, who are playing damn good. They got a bounce-back win after coming off of a loss. I was very happy about that. And then the Timberwolves, we got Edwards, we got some stuff. If we can just get Cat back, maybe we can make a nice little run. So literally next week will be total basketball mode all the way to the end of the season. And we will, of course, in a probably in about two months, yeah, give or take two months, we'll have that free agency preview show. We may, matters what happens, we may have a post in there too or talk about a big move that we did. And then, of course, as you get into April, closer to draft, we're going to have some uh, draft shows, both pre and post. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the week. Enjoy, enjoy the year. Peace.